Hey, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we, where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And this week we have a very special return guest. It's always a delight to talk to her. Guest, please tell us who you are. Hello, I'm Tansy Rainer Roberts. Uh, yes, and Tansy is uh, a writer and podcast co-host, among other things. Yeah, and, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, coming back and joining us again. Oh, I always love talking about Muppets. So do we. That's why we're here. <laughs> and we are here specifically to talk about minutes 49 and 50 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Kermit and Piggy have a confrontation in Central Park, and Gregory Hines gets involved. As these minutes begin, um, picking up from last week, Piggy is thanking the two women in the park who are helping her pick up all her stuff. Um, and these two women are still not Kathy Mullen and Karen Prell, despite what IMDb says. Just want to make sure everybody remembers that. Uh, Piggy hears Kermit calling her and she, she makes this high pitched noise, which I realize Piggy makes these noises a lot in this movie. The sort of like the variations on the ooh sound. <laughs> It's a representation of her inner thoughts, I think. Mm. It's one of those, you know, you, you can tell what she's thinking through her various, I mean, is it is it inappropriate to use the word squeals? Oh. I don't know. Maybe that's, no, no, that's I, you know, culturally insensitive things. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think, I, I think it's fine. That fits in that. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's, it's just uh, like instinctive for her as a pig. Yeah. But they're always revealing. She makes very revealing noises. Yeah, yeah, she's just kind of uh, verbalizing uh, what's on her mind. So, uh, yeah, so I guess at this point, Piggy knows she's been caught because um, Kermit thought that she had left town and now he has seen her. N- not only has he spotted her in Central Park, he has spotted her like roller skating around, screaming and tackling a mugger. So there's nothing inconspicuous. I mean, that is pretty about standard piggy behavior. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, not unexpected for Piggy, perhaps, uh, for Kermit no. to see, but in the middle of the city that she's supposed to not be in. Oh, yeah. Although I do like that the first thing Kermit says to her is, Piggy, are you okay? Oh, yeah. It's not like, it's not Piggy, why are you here? It's not Piggy, why did you lie to me? Right. He, he checks on her well being first. Yes, that's nice. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. <laughs> he is. And then he asks her what she's doing there. And she says, um, sightseeing. <laughs> and then I, I never notice what she does when she says that, but she sort of starts glancing around, like, as if she's sightseeing. Like, her sightseeing just consists yeah. of looking around at random trees in Central Park. So she's... Yeah, she's retrospectively doing her research. Yes. Right. Yeah, some, she doesn't get caught out. Some good improv there on Piggy's part. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Kermit says, uh, she's supposed to be out of town. And then Jenny says, yeah. And the piggy is not happy at Jenny interjecting herself into this. And honestly, I can't blame her because this really has nothing to do with Jenny. So, well, and also like, think of every interaction she's ever had with Jenny. Like, I don't think they've ever spoken, right? It's just like Kermit appeared to be flirting with her at the counter. Yeah. She is visibly hugging Kermit. While Piggy is spying on them. Like, that's that's all she knows about Jenny is that, like, she thinks Jenny is a woman who's moving in on her man, right? Right. Yeah, as far as she knows, Jenny is just a woman who's a little too close to Kermit. 
Yeah. yeah. And Jenny continues to be of the opinion that she is a character in this movie, of course, not realising how unimportant she is in the grand scheme oh. of things. <laughs> Which is mean, and I am very fond of Jenny in this movie, but it's that whole thing of like, oh, sweetie, you're a human. You need to go stand over there. You don't get the big narrative arcs. (laughs) Well, Um, yeah, I mean, there's... It's not even the 90s, so you don't get a song. Uh. You know, just your your only job here is to, you know, help the the important characters through their story. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong at all. it's it's a testament to Juliana Donald's performance. I think how much I how fond of her I am anyway. Oh, yeah. She's very yeah. because you're right. She she really is just like someone to make Kermit a costume. Yeah, she's, well, she's really just there. And at this point, it's, it's a thankless role, right? And at this point, she just served the purpose of cheering Kermit up after his uh, Sardis stunt did not go well. So yeah, now like she has helped Kermit transition into this this next scene where he encounters Piggy. So now she can exit for the time being and so she does uh and she says i'll see you back at pete's and takes off yeah yeah she just jogs out of the frame and that's it yeah Uh, because well also though because piggy says she does not want to discuss this in present company so jenny gets the message um yeah uh oh she does also say though she's glad piggy's not hurt which which that's that's nice you know yeah Um, she is genuinely nice she is a good friend even to people she's barely met right she's good people uh, so Piggy says to Kermit, well, Vu are certainly looking different now. No gold chains, no shirt cut to the navel, navel, no toop. Quel difference. And I had never put that <laughs> together before. That that's the name of the perfume that she was selling at the department store. Somehow I had never connected those dots. Are you serious? I am serious. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because she like as we established in the earlier in this podcast, she the, the name of the perfume means what a difference right. in French. Yeah. What she's saying is like, what a difference in your appearance. But yeah, I love that she still has Kel Difference on the brain. Exactly. She's getting a bit of product placement in there, which, <laughs> right. you know, is canny marketing on Piggy's part. She's not, <laughs> you know, missing out on any opportunities. And perhaps adds to the meta nature of this very meta movie. Yeah. So. Although, although, as we talked about, they never sold that perfume under that name. And it feels like a real missed opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much people would choose to buy perfume based on the muffins. <laughs> I'm not saying well, I wouldn't. I mean, I've never bought perfume in my life, but I'm pretty sure if it was Muppet based. It's like when they finally it. figured out to market, they should be marketing cosmetics based around the Wonder Woman brand. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. it never occurred to us that, you know, we, we couldn't sell action as many action figures to women, but maybe we can sell other things tied in with superheroes. It's that whole thing, you know, yeah. Muppet product. Well, and now everything but, uh, is branded. Yeah. Like any any item that can yeah. have a character or a logo on it has a character or a logo on it. So Right. Like like how Dole Bananas have Pixar characters on them. Yeah. And that, though, I remember there was a study, like, I don't know how long ago now, 20 years ago, where they, they did some kind of study and found that kids were more likely to choose a healthy snack over a like a, a junk snack if it had a picture of a familiar character on it huh. so yeah. it would be kind of cool i mean you see i you know i notice a lot of kids branding it would be really cool if they made the most of all this you know intellectual property that disney now owns and look at some serious retro muppet branding i mean imagine if people could buy kids these like old school Muffet lunchboxes. I think it's something that parents, you know, (laughs) parents who grew up with the Muffets would absolutely buy that for their kids. I I am curious to see if the Muppet Show on Disney Plus 
will lead to a new generation of kids becoming Muppet fans. I'm not confident yeah. that it'll happen, but I hope so. I, I and hope, I'm excited to see if it does. Yeah, when Disney sees the numbers and if the numbers are good, I hope they have some kind of plan just ready to go to start pushing more Muppet merchandise and like original uh, YouTube videos and stuff just to, to get them yeah. out there. It would be interesting because the kids, the kids in my life are very pro Muppet, like of various generations, and they loved the Muppet movies. Uh, they really liked the Muppets tonight. They didn't like the most recent Muppet show where i think kermit's voice has just got to the point where it's just so not kermit and when the 10 year old is pointing that out then it's it's hard to come back from that but it would be really nice to see um yeah see something hit but i think they're appreciating the older material because that's one of the things about streaming that happens isn't it it brings this older material accessible and suddenly it becomes massively popular again every teenager now is obsessed with friends it's weird yeah and I'm not right, saying right, it's right. okay, but it's a thing that's happening. No, I mean, that's yeah. kind of the hope, too. Like, I yeah. I think the for uh, us, <laughs> like, aging pop culture nerds, the easy <laughs> thing is to be like, ah, kids don't have an appreciation for the classics anymore. They don't want to watch old movies. They don't want to watch any, you know. But, yeah, they're, if it's made available to them, there are a lot of kids, I think, who will at least check it out and see if they like it or yeah. not. And I, yeah, I really hope that's what happens with The Muppet Show on Disney+. And it's interesting because I know that, um, is it Apple have done something similar with Fraggle Rock where they've yeah. created, they're creating a new Fraggle Rock, but they've got the old stuff available. And that's generally what streaming things are doing. They've got the old stuff there and the new stuff. And when people get run out of the new stuff, they dig back into the old stuff. And, yeah, I haven't heard yeah, anything about that, but yeah. I, I'd love to know how Fraggle, the, the classic Fraggle Rock series is doing on Apple TV+. Plus. How, how yeah. And it's especially strange because it's, if not the only like catalog show on Apple mm-hmm. TV+, Plus, it's one of the very few. I think it is the like, only one. That, when, it, when it was announced that it was going to be added, it was the only catalog title at that time. Yeah. yeah, and it's mostly the new stuff. So it's yeah. really interesting to me. Which and you know, whatever. I think everyone should watch Fraggle Rock every day over <laughs> breakfast. Don't get me wrong. But it's interesting to me that 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 of all shows is the one that they're just like, hey, we got Fraggle Rock. I mean, it's you know, a really HBO. good show. Well, they've done something similar with Snoopy. They've got a new Snoopy oh, show yeah, that's yeah. actually really good. Yeah, it is it's showed, fun. For instance, my kid uh was able to watch the um, you know, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown because they put that on oh, Apple right. TV. Yeah, we don't have the tradition of watching those specials in Australia in the way that you guys do in America. So we hear about it secondhand, you know. It's such a huge American pop culture thing to talk about those, you know, Peanuts TV oh, specials. Yeah. I mean, my, my youngest child was in a play based on the Christmas, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, the famous one. We've mm-hmm. never seen it. We've uh, never had any access wow. to it in Australia. Wow. It's not readily available. It? Yeah, it's just not something we've particularly, like, come across yeah so yeah it's really interesting i think getting this old stuff and making it more globally available as well because not everything um makes it to every country the first time around i'm glad to hear that too because there was some controversy here when it was announced that apple tv would be the only place to watch i think it was the great pumpkin special People were like, Quite wait, this likely, has been yeah. on TV, on network TV broadcast every year for, you know, 40, yeah. however many years. And now I can't see it unless I have a subscription to Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. How many years? Yeah, you can see 56, 56 years. 56 years. Yeah, yeah. so at least yeah. it's it makes it available to some other 
viewers who maybe couldn't. It's interesting, it isn't it? That that double bind because on the one hand, it creates accessibility in that it's there, but it sometimes takes away accessibility. It's like the same thing with the Sesame Street moving to HBO, isn't it? It's like, well, that's a pretty big blow that it's not as widely available necessarily with the first viewings. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, at least it's still being made. Right. And- that's the yeah. Thing. And I, you know, I, <clears throat> yeah. I understand. Uh, people are annoyed that the the brand new episodes of Sesame Street are no longer on PBS, but it's I, I really don't think kids notice that they're watching reruns when they turn on PBS broadcast TV. Look, my, my son is almost three, and we can watch a Sesame Street from 1981 or from 2018, and it's the same to him. Yeah, and like, he probably he doesn't, doesn't mind like watching either of those uh, twice. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. They're just it's like with my kids and about a bit of Australian pop culture with, with my kids um were very young when Greg left the Wiggles which was a big deal Ooh. it was the first um you know the first change to the Wiggles uh before all the recasts and things like that and it was like it was genuine like we're, we're talking about two and three year olds and like how are we going to break it to these kids that Greg is leaving the Wiggles <laughs> turns out we didn't have to because he technically never left the Wiggles because we had it all on DVD and the kids sure, like, never yeah. were interested right. in the more recent episodes. They just watched the old ones over and over. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. then bringing this back to the Muppets, this is another reason I hope they will eventually add some more specials to Disney Plus, like the Muppets at Disney World and maybe oh. the... I, I haven't heard if they have any plans for the Valentine's show pilot and the sex and violence pilot, which would be great to see, you know, while people are just, I was wondering about, yeah, some of those that I remember watching on VHS in the eighties, like, you know, the Hey Cinderella and those sorts of, um, yeah, probably straight to video specials. I don't know how they were made of originally. They'll probably were on TV. But, uh, uh, yeah, those were TV specials. Yeah, yeah. I guess, Anthony, There's... do you know if Disney owns the, the fairy tale specials? I guess they do. Disney does own own them, yeah. all that stuff. Musicians of Diamond. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so um, yeah. where are they? It's just about making it available because, yeah, I remember really liking those. And, you know, once the all the VHSs kind of disappeared, uh, yeah. It, yeah, a lot of that stuff, it, it yeah, disappeared no, too. None of that stuff ever came out on DVD. That's true. Yeah. yeah wow. and, and, and actually we had a crisis one because, okay, this is a little little bit of a tangent, but Every time we watch the Muppet Frog Prince, we make popovers. And then when Tamanilla Grinderfall says, have a popover, Froggy, we all eat a popover. <laughs> That's just like a thing we do in my family. Wait, because she says that line like four times. Do you pause every like, time and eat a popover? And then the next time she says it, do you eat another popover? No, no. Usually just the first time okay. we start eating popover. Um, but then our our tape broke. The VCR ate our oh, tape. No. So we didn't know what we were going to do, but um, a Muppet fan friend, and it, I should actually give him credit, it was Justin Faulkner. Thanks, Justin. Nice. Um, sent me a digital copy that day. So wow, we wow. were able to watch the Frog Prince so after cool. all. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. But still, like, it would have been even more convenient if it was on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, this is also not on Disney+, Plus. the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> but getting back to the Christ. Muppets Take Manhattan... <laughs> Uh, Piggy claims to Kermit that she learned French and got a job interpreting at the UN. I don't think Kermit believes her. He shouldn't believe her. Uh, as we've talked about in past seasons of this show, I guess, Piggy always has peppered her speech with little bits and pieces of French, but like, <laughs> there's never been any indication that she's fluent. So 
Um, she knows the same amount of French that she always has, right. which right. is variable. Yeah. And I mean, just now she's been able to say vous, toup, and quel différence. So, yeah, there's there's no indication that she's learned very much more French. Although I would like to see a movie about Piggy trying to bluff her way through a job interpreting at the UN. Oh, that would be very uh, cool. Maybe not a whole movie, yeah. but a sketch, yeah. you know? like Yeah, well, maybe like a... Like a this might be a terrible idea, but like a, a piggy starring in just like a rom-com where she's a, a young pig trying to make it in New York city. And she's working at, you the know, US. I was just thinking, you know how it's a quite a popular game to take a famous movie and recast it with Muppets. And it's really fun. I was just thinking how well funny face would work hmm. uh, with Miss Piggy playing the Audrey Hepburn part and Kermit the frog playing Fred Astaire and all the, Running yeah. around Paris, which is hard because it's, yeah, no, there's actually well, two female parts in that movie and they both have to be played by Miss Piggy. That yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say she she might be better cast as the editor because then, yeah, who else? But, yeah, she would, but be then like Mildred? the romance would go in very different directions. They could um, cast but, yeah, she would be pink. I mean, can you imagine some of those song and dance numbers? But also, I want to see Piggy doing the modeling shots, so yeah, it's it's a difficult one, yeah. So they could just, <laughs> although I will say, even I mean, anytime. It would be an improvement because Kermit and Piggy are the she... same. Kermit and Piggy oh. are the same age, so that would be an improvement over the original Funny. Oh, yeah, how yeah. What was that no, age maybe. difference? Maybe it's maybe like close to thirty years. It is, yeah. And Audrey Hepburn, yeah. That is awkward. Maybe you would do it in that Miss Piggy is her own twin sister, and one of them is a cranky bohemian bookseller, and the other one is a glamorous magazine editor. See, sure. it's writing itself. Well, she played a quadruple yeah. role in Muppets Wizard of Oz, so why not? Exactly. When in doubt, yeah. let Miss Piggy have all the female parts. Right. And that sounds to me like, have you actually watched Miss of Oz? Because I seem to remember telling you no, to no, go we back both... and rewatch it last time no, we talked. I, don't, I certainly haven't rewatched it. I don't think Ryan no, has either. Since then. I, think, yeah. I think we're waiting until um, we cover it on the podcast. Yeah. Or waiting for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's another one that's not Disney there. Plus, yeah. 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 Um, oh, good. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, uh, at the 35-second mark of this clip, uh, uh, there's this figure who is visible way in the background. He's jogging toward Kermit and Piggy. And then twenty, about 20 seconds later, around 54 seconds, he arrives where they are standing. This is the guy that Piggy borrowed her roller skates from, and he's played by Gregory Hines. Of course, now the question yeah. is, who is Gregory Hines? Well, well, Ryan, Gregory Hines was an actor and a t- a m- most famous for his tap dancing yes, work. Um, but, and also actor, he was in a bunch of movies in the eighties. Um, although I was thinking about it, I think of myself as being a fan of Gregory Hines work. I mostly know him from this movie, Yeah, but it was always, yeah. this was always one of my favorite parts as a kid. So I always like had tremendous fondness for him, mm-hmm. you know, anytime I would Did see you go him. out and seek his other work because you saw him in this? Like, is this, did no, you no, go, like, oh, it's Gregor Hines, who I know from the Muffet movie. Right, like, that's what I'm saying, is, like, I haven't ever seeked out his other work, and I should. Yeah, I'd like you to know, like, I've seen him. In, I've seen him in, in Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1, right. of course, um, where he's one of the main characters in the in the main part of that. But he was in uh, The Cotton Club, mm-hmm. the Francis Ford Coppola movie. He was in a, uh, what's the what's the one with him and Billy Crystal? Um, Billy Chris, I don't know. I didn't write that one down. Um, Running Scared, I guess. Oh, okay, it's like right, a, yeah. Like a buddy Cop movie with him. And right, Billy that was Chris. one of his earlier ones. Right. So, like in the eighties, he was like a star of a bunch of movies. Oh yeah, he was around. But, yeah. but for whatever reason, they aren't movies that I have 
I personally have caught up with. So maybe, no, maybe yeah, I same, should. He's, same here. He's I a should, delight in this. You know? Yeah, I should watch more yeah, of those too. I, I went to look up his list of movies today because I'm like, I know him from stuff, right? And I also came to the conclusion I largely know him from this. I also remember he did do a stint on Will and Grace. Yeah, I think a lot like, of our listeners might know him like equally well for, for those episodes of Will and Grace where yeah. he played Will's and boss. And at the time, at the time, it was a thing that Gregory Hines was Will's boss. And, oh, yeah, and he was that's a who big was. So I knew he was famous, but in yeah. my head, I'm pretty sure I've only seen him, like, effectively appearing as himself or appearing as a guest star because he's famous. Right. And not right. been any of the things that he's famous for. Sure, yeah. yeah. Although I'm looking here now on his IMDb, he's in Waiting to Exhale. He's in mm-hmm. The Preacher's Wife. Yeah. Um. So a bunch, like, two two different Whitney Houston movies in the mid nineties, which are cool. You know, great. Yeah. Obviously RIP Whitney, RIP Gregory. Like I'm Mm. sure they're both delightful in both of those things. Uh, Yeah. I've seen the preacher's wife. That's a good one. I just want to say something about how that shot is framed with him running towards the camera, because I was thinking at the time I was paying so much attention to the background people and the people walking around because this whole thing being set in central park for a really long time, my entire knowledge of Central Park as a place was based on the Muppet movie. And whenever I see other things set in Central Park <laughs> or, you know, read books set there, I guess I would come back to Muppets Take Manhattan as my reference point. And I was just sure. looking at all the joggers and the people in the background. And I was already doing that when he started kind of arrowing towards. It was such an unsettling moment. <laughs> it, was, it was like he was coming towards you. <laughs> The direct line, because it makes you realize how much, you know, background artists don't normally do that. They're, they're kind of just in the background. And right. You might think that he's just an extra jogging by and then he starts so coming directly. right toward the camera. Yeah. It was actually a really good kind of introduction for him, especially because it is such a comically long run. Right. Yeah. They also that. had and to time it just right, where he appears while Kermit and Piggy are having yeah. their argument. And then time? he has to get there right when they are, you know, when they hit a certain point. How many times did he have to do that run? I kind of want to yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he looks like he's been exercising a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and 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 good, good thing he was in good shape from being a, a tap dancer, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, Which, absolutely. Yeah, I was also going to mention, he. yeah, he was probably best known for being a tap dancer, maybe. Uh, his Wikipedia article talks about his, he had a, an innovative improvisational style, and he was on the board of directors of Manhattan Tap. He was a member of the Jazz Tap ensemble and a member of the american tap dance foundation and he also won a tony for a musical called jelly's last jam i don't really know anything about that show but it has a fun title Uh, he won an emmy for the animated kids show little bill and uh, according to muppet wiki he was on sesame street a few times including a 1992 episode where he played a magician called gregory the great so that sounds fun too I might also know him from Sesame Street now you come to mention it. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of uh, segments that were sort of, uh, you know, those insert segments that were recycled and recycled over the years where he and his brother, um, one of them, they're demonstrating near and far, and there are a couple others like that. So, yeah, yeah. you may have seen those. I remember that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I love it when you hear about actors who, ta- especially these days. I mean, obviously, this isn't these days. We're talking about somebody with a a long career going quite far back, but it's it's cool when you hear about actors like promoting things like tap dancing. It's like when you, you know, you hear about somebody famous and then they're in a, they're finally in a production where they actually get to show off their dancing skills. It's like, oh, 
you learned that at acting school, didn't you? You've just been waiting to crack out the. T- it's like they suddenly have fencing skills. It's like ah, you've been waiting fifteen years to show everybody you can do that. Yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, unfortunately, when he sort of emerged in Hollywood, like in the late seventies, early eighties, that that's a time when they had sort of stopped making movie musicals for the most part, mm. which is unfortunate yeah. for a tap dancer. Right. Although speaking of speaking of hidden talents, um, a previous Muppet movie cameo guest star, Steve Martin, had a series of TV specials that he starred in, and one of those it's called Steve Martin's Best Show Ever. He does a tap duet with Gregory Hines. Oh, wow. and the the That's you know, just great. Google it's Steve Martin Gregory Hines. They, they do fit as a fiddle from Singing in the Rain, and like obviously Gregory Hines is the better tap dancer of the two, but <laughs> Steve Martin does a pretty good job keeping up with them. Um, so I, I think any any Muppet fan would enjoy it. You know, I mean, if, if you like those two guys in in their Muppet movies, if nothing else, you know, yeah, it's going to be entertaining. What year would, was that from? That's eighty one. Okay, best show ever just makes it sound like something from like the early two thousands. Yeah, but that Steve, he was ahead of his time. I guess he was. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way people talk now. Um, so yeah, so here uh, Gregory Hines is just this guy who wants his skates back. Kermit and Piggy continue arguing, and he says that he's going to unlace them while they fight. It's no trouble. He leans over. Uh, but then as they go back and forth, he quickly inserts himself into the argument. This is such a funny scene. I, I think it's interesting, is. Anthony, that you said you thought this was funny when you were a kid, because I feel like this is sort of like um, maybe comparable to the John Cleese scene in The Great Muppet Caper or something like that, where it's it's on a level that kids might not get the comedy it's, it's so much broader though i mean if there's yeah. one thing that if there's one thing kids love it's repeating the same phrase right oh uh, yeah and that's so, true so many of the jokes in this are like kermit was like i have to sell the show and gregory Hines says he's got to sell the show right what yeah show? you know like i thought that was hilarious as a kid it is the whole joke where he just gets so quickly invested in their lives and he keeps switching sides like yes, exactly. he's mostly on piggy's side clearly but then, like, he's also uncovered some of the show, but he doesn't know what show. So, yeah, there's, it's, I think it's something that kids absolutely would get that humour because um, it is it's it is done so broadly. It's and, and particularly, like, when <laughs> the, the, you gave Jenny the huggies. Yeah, yeah, he's shocked <laughs> by that. No, absolutely. It, it's got, yeah, it's very sweet, but just that thing where he, yeah, he, he just wants to take the skates back, but he just gets so invested in their lives instantly. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's that joke of the character who becomes the instant best friend and has an, you know. Yeah, and all this as somebody who does, like, he doesn't know these people at all. <laughs> he just got Yeah, there. absolutely. It reminds me of the um, Miranda, the British sitcom, where there's a running gag of the random um, customer who gets pulled into their emotional drama lives, even though they don't know his name or anything about him. He just gets so sucked in. It's that same thing. It's yeah, it's it's I very think, it's funny on a very character building level. And it's so quick. Yeah. Miranda, I think that's the show that the the current uh American sitcom Call Me Cat was based on. Correct. I, Interesting. I, I didn't know they'd done an American version. Yeah, it just started. It just premiered oh. and it stars uh Mayum Bialik from The Big Bang Theory. Oh no! Program. I did think yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah, I, I don't know if that character is present in Call Me Cat, but that would be interesting to compare. One of the things about Miranda is, is that it is a callback show, in that it's a show based on the really old cheesy sitcoms. It has all those really old-fashioned tropes while being a modern show. Mm. So it's going to be interesting, yeah, to see how an American one adapts to that. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I've I, seen a little bit of Call Me Cat so far. My wife, Stacy, who has been watching it. My favorite thing that I've seen so far is that every episode appears to end with all of the the characters kind of like jumping out from behind the scenery and like dancing around and waving at the yeah. <laughs> at the camera. Yes, as the credits that's roll. a Miranda thing. I always wave okay. goodbye at the end and have yeah. a little dance, and <sighs> and it feels like a live show in that that sense. Yeah, yeah that part I really like. But um, yeah, so Kermit is, uh, yeah, he says they got to sell the show. Gregory Hines, he's got to sell the show. What show? Um, yeah, and then the Huggies. Gregory Hines is just so <laughs> stunned that Kermit gave Piggy the Huggies. Outraged. And then he's, he goes to comfort Piggy, which is interesting because I With think. a hug. Yeah, that could be construed as him giving Piggy the Huggies. Yeah, he gives Piggy the Huggies. But Kermit does this sheesh face in response to that. Yeah. Which is one of one of Jim Henson's best little bits of puppet acting in this, I think. Just yes. It is. I noticed that a couple of times because it looks – I was actually wondering about Kermit's face, uh, which are things I don't often wonder about because obviously they're just people and I forget that they are, you know – Muppets, um, right. but his eyes appear to be almost cross-eyed as his face scrumples. Hmm. I'm just like, and it's interesting because then when he turns and he's behaving normally, his face is turned away so you can't see his eyes. So I'm like, is that like a different? Like, is there a slightly cross-eyed version of Kermit and a not cross-eyed version of Kermit, or are these questions we shouldn't ask? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sort of holding up my hand now, trying to imagine how. Jim Henson would move his hand to to get that effect. It's yeah, I guess yeah. you know he was. He does it really a couple good. of times in this scene, and it's it's very it's very good. Yeah, he was really good yeah, at getting was, a lot of expression out of Kermit. Yeah, it's Jim. It's the Jim stare from the office, basically. Like it's the equivalent. <laughs> he's the fact that he's looking yeah. at the camera. Yeah, it's in that neighborhood <laughs> for sure. Does he actually look at the camera here? He might. He, I'm pretty sure, well, except that he's looks slightly cross-eyed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he certainly turns to face the camera. That's funny. And then when he's addressing Piggy, he's turning to the side. Yeah. 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 Also, this Uh, includes the classic lines from Piggy, I spy because I care. Right. So, yeah, Kermit uh, tries to explain that he and Jenny were hugging because they're friends. And friends, by the way, do not spy. That's when Gregory Hines kind of, like, drops Piggy and stuff. So, wait, oh, I forgot about that. And then Piggy says... Yeah, I've spied because I care. Kermit yells, well, I care too. Piggy yells, well, why didn't you say so? That's where this clip cuts off. But um, yeah, just <laughs> so much fun to see Kermit and Piggy yelling at each other. Uh, like they I'm on are, the record as I always love it when Kermit uh, flies off the handle. So this is this is one of the great angry Kermit scenes. And it's also a great, like very equal declaring of feelings kind of scene. You know, they are at a similar ramped up level of outrage. It's not just one of them telling off the other. Obviously, Kermit is slightly more in the moral right, as is always the case, but that doesn't affect Piggy's level of outrage. And it is a scene of, it's a very equal scene. Like yeah. They're equally invested in in whatever's going on here. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> With Gregory Hines. Right, yeah, all three of them are equally yeah, invested yeah. and equally uh, together. Uh, emotional about the whole thing. Um, so I have a couple other things. Um, several years ago, I uploaded an excerpt of this scene to YouTube when I needed to use it in a Tough Pegs article. And I, I know a few years ago, a lot of, uh, YouTube videos that are like Muppets got the comments removed because of their, their privacy guidelines for things that are supposed to be for kids. But this video of that I uploaded still has comments and it's always fun. It's been up for several years. It's been fun to see 
the comments roll in as people react to this scene. Because a lot of people watch this and they do get <laughs> really into this argument. Most people <laughs> in the comments are on Kermit's side, which I, I can understand that. I mean, it's there fair. Are, yeah, you know. there are a few people who identify with Piggy. There are a handful of comments in all caps, like, Kermit would never cheat on Piggy. So, <laughs> just, yeah, people are very emotionally invested in this. Um, there are also a handful of people who have no idea who Gregory Hines is. There are some people asking yeah. if he's Richard Pryor, if he's Jesse L. Martin, or if he's Billy Ocean, which <laughs> he's not any of those people. Though Billy Jesse Ocean? L. Martin can tap dance but th that's oh, I guess, entirely yeah. re relevant but i think it's worth commenting it was one of the actors i was thinking of when i was thinking of actors tap dancing <laughs> right right yeah but uh, yeah but it's 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 that sad sort of thing isn't it with of the um you know of things that date about films nothing really dates harder than a, a celebrity cameo uh you know some some are evergreen. The people are still famous 20 years or 30 years yeah. later, and quite a few have fallen away from, you know, immediate recognition. Yeah. I mean, often when I was watching a lot of this stuff, they'd already fallen away or, as an Australian, had never passed my radar in the first place. So, And I know mm -hmm. as kids you often see people who are clearly supposed to be celebrities but you don't have the context right, you because you have no idea. Just stuff. And, of course, that, that comes back to that discussion of what it's going to be like re-watching the old Muppet show, especially for new, new generation finding it, is the fact of the celebrity being a celebrity is going to be a fairly minor aspect in comparison to what it was when it first released. Mm -hmm. Because in some cases it'd be like, oh, look at this person. I want to say 40 years ago. Don't tell me if it's more than 40 years ago. Um, you know, look at this, <laughs> this, this, this celebrity that you know. I have heard that one of the most popularly watched Muppet show episodes is Rita Marino because she's had a big resurgence mm. uh, thanks to One Day at a Time and that sort of thing. So yeah. people who are still famous will go back to see them when they're young. That's cool. But there's going to be this sea of celebrities that kids today do not know who they are. Right. I mean, I, I could start naming some. I don't want to offend any of our <laughs> listeners who might be fans of theirs. But, yeah, like yeah. some of these yeah. singers who were like who kind of peaked in the 70s or uh, – yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, luckily for the kids today, they have Wikipedia. One of the things I yeah. most constantly say to my children is telling them how hard it was to say be a comics fan in the 90s when you didn't have Wikipedia and couldn't instantly look up, you know, things that you missed. Yeah, yeah backstory, uh, celebrity details, IMDb, also very important. So, yeah, yeah it will be interesting. But, yeah, these, because the Muppet movies had these, you know, short celebrity cameos, and you knew it was a famous person, but you didn't necessarily know why they were famous. Right. I think this is <laughs> a good example. And I guess most of the ones in this movie, maybe Liza Minnelli would be a slight exception, but you they still work. They're still funny. You don't have oh, yeah, to know absolutely. who they are. Yeah, I mean, even Liza Minnelli, you just understand that she's a famous person whose picture is supposed she's, to be on right. the She's right. She's the person whose picture it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know she was when I was a, a kid. A few of the cameos in the 2011 movie and Muppets Most Wanted are, I think, so dependent on you seeing a famous person and laughing or reacting because it is that famous person where they're not actually doing anything funny. Yeah, that's true. It makes you wonder how that would age because... Yeah, definitely you need that context 
of yeah, yeah who, who who they are, so it doesn't matter. They could be an imaginary celebrity. They don't have to be somebody who you recognize. Yeah, because yeah, as I said, kids don't always recognize the people that are like celebrity. The celebrity account, celebrity cameos are definitely for the parents and not for the kids. Right. Unless it's you know Elmo, I guess you know, or somebody <laughs> yeah. who's specifically from kids point of reference right right um, well and actually in fact the only other thing i wanted to mention is uh in the n- march 7th 1983 draft of the screenplay there's actually not a cameo guest star in the scene it's just kermit and piggy arguing without the guy coming to get his roller skates and getting involved so you know it's still funny but it just having yeah. this character and specifically being played by gregory hines here doing such a great job just really brings it to such a higher level it's so interesting to think about the actual scripting process, isn't it? So they've got to write a funny movie to start with and they've got to have all these potential openings where they can add people when they hear from Gregory Hines' people or whoever that they can put him in. And then they've got to figure out where to put them in. And maybe they just decided to have the, yeah, the, it's like, well, we can explain the skates thing or right. whatever. Yeah, which means it came. they added a cameo in the scene pretty late in the process. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all very interesting. No, I always find that. You know, especially with watching serial TV shows and things like that, I always find that process really fascinating of like, well, what if, you know, that actor clearly wasn't available for this season. At what point did they know that? How many scripts did they have to throw out? Yeah. No, as a as a mostly novel writer, I don't have to worry about this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But I do feel writing people who have to constantly, you know, throw out a version because one actor isn't available and... Tristan, I guess that's where a lot of the exciting innovation comes is writing things very quickly because of an emergency situation. Yeah, well, and then it's like, do you create a new character and have them show up? Maybe like, oh, that that other character sent me. He couldn't make it, but I'm here to deliver this exposition or whatever. Yeah. We just finished a big rewatch of The West Wing, and one of the things that's really notable is the way that characters just vanish and are never mentioned again. Uh So. Also, there's a Big Bird cameo. Speaking of the, you know, oh, yeah. cameos. I, yeah, I've never actually watched the West, yeah. the West Wing, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of of that one. The episode with the yeah with Big where, Bird. As far is, as I know, they just good. like they they acknowledge that Sesame Street is a TV show, but they don't acknowledge that they're puppets. Right? It's just as if Big Bird is yeah. a star of a show. Well, because there is a storyline specifically, I think, about funding for. Um, it's about funding for public television, and so they refer to Sesame Street or they refer to yeah. it as a thing. And then Big Bird just randomly walks into the West, <laughs> the West Wing at some point, and he's sitting down just next to Alice and Janney, and there's no conversation. He's just kind of there. <laughs> well, it's it's so some of our listeners will probably write in. Uh, so I'll say it. Um, it's because Stockard Channing is going to go on Sesame Street. Because oh a, no, that's right. There's, there's a real life right. tradition of first ladies She's... appearing on Sesame Street. Uh, it until is. Recently. That's right. I'd... Um, until although, yeah, who knows? It it may it may come back. Again. Well, you know, no, our yeah, current and... first lady, I would, yeah, I would certainly yeah. hope will be on Sesame Street. But um, as as the yeah. person, yeah, yeah, as the person who most recently watched it, it's embarrassing. I'd forgotten that. But you know, you're absolutely right. It was all about it was all about uh, her going on. But uh, it was yes. <laughs> but it was it was very cool to see that that weird juxtaposition, and that's an example of a celebrity cameo, which is clearly more obviously more for the parents. I don't think there are any kids sitting up to watch West Wing, but right. um, yeah. yeah. Well, and at this point, with Sesame Street having been on for fifty plus years, a Big Bird cameo yes. is as much for the adults as for the kids. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So any final thoughts about these two minutes? Uh, Tansy, starting with you. Uh, I did just want to take a moment. Uh, you've probably discussed this already, but I did want to take a moment to talk about Miss Piggy's hair, uh, <laughs> which is this, this extraordinary perm she has in this film. Uh, it's just so on point for the for the era and it's just very her, but also very much of the Hollywood hair in this era. Like hmm. this is very, um, you know, so many, it, and it's, so it's career woman hair. It's like, you know, nine to five and those sort of all those, Ah. women's movies or romantic comedies it's it's she definitely she's got the suit and she's got the career woman perm and yeah it it looks it looks fierce but also it's like a lot of other things in this film it is a time capsule of a very specific era yeah in a lot of ways this is like a a timeless version of New York, but then yeah there there are several details here and there that sort of tell you exactly when this was made yeah I was also kind of wondering, and you I don't know if this is something you know, but I was wondering about all those background extras or background people you see, the people jogging and walking their dogs and stuff in the background. Is I always wonder this with Muppets, particularly with Muppet things where they're filming in the city, are all the background people actually extras or were they just like, is this done as you know, guerrilla filming with just random people in the shot? Uh, or would I they all be stage know. extras? Yeah, I don't know for sure. Um, I, I would imagine they would do as much as they could or as much as they were allowed to by the city to to shut down, you know, everything that would be uh, in, in sight of the cameras, you know, in the frame. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, one time, what was that show... Okay, so there were two shows like in the mid two thousands that were sort of Sex in the City ripoffs. One was called Cashmere Mafia, and one was called Lipstick Jungle. It was one <laughs> of those two shows was filming near I near where I was working at the time. I was I was on my lunch break, and I was trying to cross the street by Madison Square Park, and uh, th- they were shooting an episode of this TV show, and they were not letting people walk through the frame like they weren't letting people walk through madison square park because they were filming a scene so they would make everybody stop and then they would film for like five minutes and while they were filming they would have extras walk through the scene so there were extras walking through madison square park fake new yorkers (laughs) and then as soon as they were done they would call cut and then they would let the real new yorkers resume walking through the background, which was just like a, a fun reminder of, of how fake uh, show business is. Yeah. No, no, and I know that extras happen generally. I was I was wondering with this particular, and it was I think it was because all those distance shots, for a while all you could see was joggers in the background, and I was like, oh, is that like an actual jogging path? What's, you know, why are they just joggers going in that direction from that direction? And then Gregory Hines started coming towards right. us. But then after that there's like a bunch of people walking dogs and all sorts of things, and yeah, um, it was just – yeah, I actually. You think I had with a, Muppets, I guess they need to control even more than usual. They'd want to control the environment because they've got all that extra right, stuff yeah, to manage. Right? Yeah, it's technically very complicated. Yeah, I actually had a note that um, I'm I'm glad you brought this up. Um, so when I interviewed uh, David Mish, he's credited as a, like a script consultant. He he worked on the final draft with uh, Frank Oz of this movie. I interviewed him from the for the Tough Pigs website a few years ago. 
one thing he said was, um, so he said, one of my fondest memories of the shoot was watching a Kermit and Piggy scene in Central Park. People gathered as Jim and Frank performed and goofed around between takes, always in character. I looked at the crowd and noticed that their eyes were glued to the puppets, ignoring the two very large, totally visible men beneath them. Such was the charisma of Jim and Frank. Sorry, I mean mm-hmm. Kermit and Piggy. So That's that makes so great. it seem like they, maybe they had, you know, sort of the, the crowd of onlookers were were sort of cordoned off on the side so they could watch the filming happening without actually being in the scene. Yeah. It is interesting how easily that happens, the the just looking at the puppets and not the puppeteers. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, My my teenager and I went to a performance of Avenue Q a couple of years ago here in Hobart, and that's where, you know, they're they're not hiding the fact that they have the the puppeteer who was there who's also performing the character, but you just end up not looking at them. You kind of absorb their presence, but you just spend all your time just looking at, and it's interesting, and I wonder how many of us actually were basically trained to do this by the Muppets anyway. Like, we've been trained into thinking of the Muppets as people. Yeah. Because they I are people. Think so. And yeah, like, Jim Henson and, would go on talk shows with Kermit on his arm, and, you know, he, he wasn't a ventriloquist. Yeah. It was just a guy with a puppet talking. Yeah. But you, yeah, you, you just, you see the, the character so much, even if you can see how it's being done in front of you. It is, it is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, Anthony, any final thoughts on this clip? No, I covered all my notes. <laughs> all right. So, with that, we can wrap things up for this week. Make sure you check out toughpigs.com, listeners, on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all of those places. Our logo is by Morgan Davy. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Thanks to the two of them. And if you would like to tell us your thoughts about these minutes or any future minutes, please uh, feel free to drop by our Facebook page or our Twitter, or email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Let us know what you're thinking. We, we would also welcome recommendations of Gregory Hines movies to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell us which ones we should start with. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. And Tansy, where can people find you and or your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tansy RR. Uh, sorry, at Tansy RR. Uh, you can also find my website, tansyrr.com. All right. Everyone should go check that out. Yeah. And also, everyone should please give us a positive review wherever you can do that. And tell your friends and family and next-door neighbors and uh, mailmen and, and grandmothers to uh, listen to the show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Uh, see you later. Goodbye. Bye.